Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Aniston and Brad Pitt were Hollywood's chosen two. Only when Brad signed the dotted line to star in a movie called Mr. and Mrs. Smith, their public and personal lives would quite literally never look the same again. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Zara McDonald. Michelle Andrews, we are back for part two. And I have to say, I think this is still my favourite story that we've dived into. Oh my goodness. Should we recap what we covered last week before we get into today's episode? Please. Can you start us off? Yes. So last week we covered how Jen Aniston and Brad Pitt met. They met through their managers, very Hollywood of them. They didn't get together for a few years though. They met in 1994, the year that we were born. They were with other people doing their thing. Finally, a few years down the track, they had a little bit of a private courtship before getting up at a Sting concert and announcing they were engaged. Yeah, those photos at the Sting concert are absolutely iconic. We also spoke about their wedding where there were 200 guests, 50,000 flowers, four bands, a gospel choir and a ridiculous fireworks display that went for about 13 minutes and cost about a million (laughs) dollars. We also found out, though, Mish, too, about the interesting family dynamics from Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, Jen's mum wasn't at that wedding that you just spoke about then. She's kind of the worst or was the worst, was behaving the worst at this time in her life and had written a book about her fractured relationship with Jen. She called it From Mother to Daughter to Friends. No wonder Nancy Aniston was not invited to the wedding and no wonder Nancy is not my favourite person in this story. Yeah, exactly. And then I think the other main thing we learnt last week is this was an era where Jen and Brad really did like speaking to the media. They Mm. did quite a few profile pieces. This was a time where this was kind of the only way to speak to their audience, right? There wasn't social media and when they were trying to do publicity for a film, it often was through these big profile pieces. So they spoke about their love story quite a lot. And this is what made it all the more difficult when they did eventually split because there was just so much on the public record about them. I mean, it's so funny. These days, public figures make a connection with their audience through their Instagram stories or through pieces to camera on YouTube or TikTok, whatever, however they can get their personality across. The way Jen and Brad got their personalities and their relationship across in the late 90s and early 2000s was to speak about it. Like we loved them because of the quotes they gave to magazines. So when it all ended, people found themselves scratching their heads. Yeah, exactly. And there's this really interesting quote from Gwyneth Paltrow in 2005 after Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt split. And she told Time magazine, it would have been a lot easier on Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston now if they had not talked to the press about each other and everything to begin with. (laughs) She has a point. I know, but as if you're going to say that about your 
your ex-partner, it just sounds a bit bitter. It really is kind of like throwing salt onto the wound. It's just a little bit snarky. Like I understand it's valid. Yes, if they'd never spoken to the press, this wouldn't have been such a huge media story. But also they speak to the press because it's their lives and it's their jobs to be in the public eye. Yeah, exactly. Look, let's get into today's episode. We're about to rewind. We are, and we're not rewinding to a particular year. We are rewinding to a particular person. There is a third main character in this story and we need to introduce her. Mish, we're talking about Angelina Jolie. The third main character in this story is Angelina Jolie, DCMG. This is her official name now, Angelina Jolie, DCMG. That stands for the Most Distinguished Order of St. Michael and St. George. That hasn't always been her name. That's been her name since 2014 because she is regarded as one of the most philanthropic people in the universe. Pretty impressive few letters (laughs) to have after your name. So Angelina Jolie, much like Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston actually was born to two actor parents, John Voight and Marceline Bertrand. I think that's a French name that I probably... Very classy of you. I know. What a beautiful French name. Anyway, her father actually left when she was just six months old because he was having an affair Mm. and Angelina and her dad are now estranged. Yeah, complicated. As a child, Angelina did want to be an actress, but that actually didn't last or at least it wasn't a constant when she was growing up. When she was a teenager, she went through something of a goth phase she actually became fascinated with funeral homes and actually took at-home lessons when she was a teenager in balming. So acting was not always her main priority. An interesting teenage hobby, isn't it, in balming? In an interview with Allure magazine in 2005, Jolie did say that she had a pretty rough ascension to fame. She struggled with insomnia and eating disorder and self-harming. Her breakthrough did come in 1998 for her leading role in HBO's GR. Now, again, probably showing my age, I had never heard of this name before coming to my research for Angelina Jolie. So this was Gia Carangi. She was heralded as almost the OG supermodel an Italian supermodel who had a pretty rough story, like was met with a lot of darkness in her life. For that role, Angelina Jolie won a Golden Globe and a Screen Actors Guild Award and was really rocketed into stardom. Yeah, exactly. She was also pretty impressive in Girl Interrupted. She was again recognised in award season. I remember reading a profile in our research about Angelina Jolie and this Elle magazine profile of Angelina touched on how so many of these roles that Angelina took were these kind of maybe darker characters or people with really complicated backstories and that really helped create this public image that was, and Elle magazine quoted, this cartoonish vixen, which I thought was like a really interesting way to look at it because I think the roles that she took had an impact on how we saw her too. Which is the antithesis to Jennifer Aniston because Jennifer Aniston was the girl next door in everyone's favourite sitcom. Literally the the girl next door. Yeah, the most popular sitcom around the world. Angelina Jolie was very much known for her art house movies. That isn't 2001 this was Angelina Jolie's biggest year like yes she had success before this but everything paled in comparison compared to Angelina Jolie's role in her first mainstream blockbuster film which was Lara Croft Tomb Raider. I remember the posters being all around the movies when I was younger like I really remember that might be one of my most sort of formative memories of the movies because I didn't go and see this I think I was a little bit too young Mm. but I remember seeing posters of Angelina everywhere 
It was actually during the filming of Tomb Raider when Angelina saw parts of war-torn Cambodia and she reached out to United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees to see how she could actually help. Yeah, so this movie didn't just change who she was as a celebrity and how the public saw her. It literally changed who Angelina Jolie was as a person. So this is when she became a goodwill ambassador for the UN and shortly after became the single largest private donor in the UNHCR's history. Yeah, pretty impressive. Angelina, as we know, has a reputation for being incredibly philanthropic, for doing incredible things for the world. And I think in the last few years, in particular, public conversations about celebrities doing this are often seen quite cynically, whether or not they actually do any good. It seems, at least in our research, that Angelina's work is pretty legitimate. I mean, she even attained her pilot's licence so she could help ferry food, emergency supplies and aid workers around war-torn regions. So it feels a little bit like she's not just throwing money at stuff, she's Mm. trying to practically help stuff. Yeah, and as a movie star, she's actually throwing herself and her time at causes, which I think is pretty impressive. By the year of 2002, Angelina Jolie had established herself as one of Hollywood's highest paid movie stars. She was earning between 10 million dollars and 15 million dollars per film i think before we move on though and we actually pick this up from 2002 we need to talk about the darkness that kind of attached itself to angelina jolie's public image yeah 100 percent. because even though we know her now as that real do-gooder in the world there was a real darkness to her public image before she married brad pitt i mean historically angelina jolie was very controversial and i think it mostly boiled down to her romantic relationships across her life yeah very much so she married british actor johnny lee miller in march 1996 they met on the movie hackers never seen it never Never really heard of it but that's okay (laughs) at the wedding she reportedly wore black rubber pants and a white t-shirt upon which she had written the groom's name in her blood now for the sake of transparency we looked everywhere for these images we couldn't find them but everyone reported this at the time I believe maybe there weren't pap shots of this because in 1996, Angelina Jolie wasn't anywhere near the star that she would rise to be in 2001, 2002. Yeah, I agree with that completely. They split 18 months later and then she married actor Billy Bob Thornton. I think many people who have heard of Angelina Jolie would remember that marriage. It was her second marriage. It was his fifth marriage. And this was in May 2000. They'd only been dating for two months and he was about 20 years her senior. I think one of the main reasons that people have heard of this marriage is because they became pretty infamous for wearing vials of each other's blood around their necks. Yeah. Angelina also famously got the tattoo Billy Bob on her upper arm with a dragon underneath it. He got Angelina tattooed around his waist. In one interview with Entertainment Tonight, Billy Bob Thornton did say, I wear her underwear a lot when we're away and she wears mine. The tattoos were removed after they split in 2002 and 2003. (laughs) I mean, perhaps for the best. Just honing in on Billy Bob a little bit, this was very much like a gothic kind of romance. For his birthday, she bought him side-by-side grave plots. Yeah. And next to their bed was an electric chair, which was a prop from a movie set, I should say, so it wasn't (laughs) the real thing, but still an interesting thing to want to have in the bedroom. I mean, interesting's putting it lightly. I think you're treading quite kindly here, (laughs) Zara. So these are not just some rumour that a tabloid has come up with. Rolling Stone is very reputable and was in the bedroom reporting on this while profiling the couple. On top of the electric chair beside the bed, we also had the words to the end of time written above their marital bed in Angelina Jolie's blood. (laughs) What the fuck? 
a real fixation on blood here, isn't there? By the time she and Brad cross paths on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Angelina Jolie is actually single again. She's 29 years old and is about to start in one of the biggest hits of her career, which was, as we said, that blockbuster film. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Before we get there as well, it's really worth pointing out and having discussion that Angelina Jolie didn't just date men. She had some really formative relationships with women across her lifetime, which I think is a discussion that we don't really have very much about Angelina Jolie in 2021. She is bisexual and has used that term to describe herself on multiple occasions. She did have a formative relationship with actress Jenny Shimizu after they met on a film in the mid-1990s. Speaking about her bisexuality to Elle magazine in the year 2000, she said, honestly, I like everything and everyone. Boyish girls, girlish boys, the heavy and the skinny, which is a problem when I'm walking down the street. I mean, I imagine. The thing about the timing of her coming out as bisexual and telling the world about her bisexuality is that this was 2000, 2001, 2002, and the world was in a very, very different place. Mm -hmm. And I think this played a huge role in shaping her as this real seductress, I think. On Jolie's bisexuality, The Guardian reported in 2004 what a fashionable dimension bisexuality seems to be at the moment. Yeah, it was very much this like, ooh, how transient and like what a rock star phase for Angelina to go through. It was described as an interlude by Allure Mag. Like it absolutely was kind of covered in this way of it's a phase. Bisexuality is a phase, not Angelina Jolie's sexuality. Yeah, NBC News also described her as enjoying bisexual trysts Mm. as opposed to what just the everyday tryst, like what makes a bisexual tryst any different to a sexual tryst? Just being bisexual would be a better description. But again, like it all worked into this sex pot narrative that Angelina Jolie is wild, she is untamed. We have the good girl in Jen Aniston and the bad girl in Angelina. Yeah, and then articles from that era as well also could not stop talking about her appearance to play into all of this. Her bee stung, and that's a quote, lips and her tattoos in particular. Mm. Like she was seen as kind of this real rogue player in this narrative. Yeah, we didn't know what to do with an empowered woman at this time. Absolutely. Angelina Jolie has always been very open about her attitudes towards sex and relationships, as is her right to do so. But it was almost like she was ahead of her time. It'd be very interesting to see how quotes like the one I'm about to read out in Allure magazine would be handled if they were given today. She said this to Alua, I had a problem early on when I couldn't feel a bond with another human being. People speculate about my fascination with violence or S&M sex, but mostly it was all about trying to connect. A lot of my relationships just weren't honest enough. So I took them down different paths towards violence or wildness or whatever you want to call it to try to find somebody to hold me down and make me feel. S&M sex can be misinterpreted as violence. It's really about trust. I like to push boundaries, both emotional and sexual, with another person. That when I felt the sexiest. I've been in both submissive and dominant roles when I want more. I've never been tied up though. I have a feeling the person that does that will be the one. I think that's what I'd like. I think these quotes would be considered so differently today than maybe 16, 17 years ago. Mm. I mean, this Allure magazine interview is pretty important in this story because it is the first time that Angelina Jolie is asked point blank about her and Brad. So just as a little timeline check, this is July 2004 when she sits down for this interview. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston are very, very much married. 
they won't split for another sort of six-ish months, but this is right in the centre of Mr and Mrs Smith filming. The conversation in this interview eventually went to whether something was going on with Brad, to which she responded, absolutely not. First of all, I wouldn't sleep with a married man. Plus, even though I've complained about how busy I am, I have enough lovers. I don't need Brad. I don't need Brad seems really interesting to me. Just that like add online, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but it's incredibly personal. Like instead of, I wouldn't sleep with a married man, I'm sleeping with other people. To say, I don't need Brad. Just feels like an odd throwaway line to include at the end of that passage. I mean, I think maybe you are. I'm clutching your stores. <laughs> I'm not going to completely discount you. I just, my mind just didn't go there. That's fair. I can't imagine how you'd feel as someone like Jennifer Aniston in this scenario where these rumors are so intense that his co star is even being asked this mm. in interviews. Like, that would be incredibly difficult. It's around this time, only a few months later, that those photos that we spoke about last episode emerged on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith of Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt holding hands. Yeah, the photos were the smoking gun of the Brad and Angelina relationship. Again, a refresher, this was reported in The Guardian at the time. Brad and Jen were rarely spotted together last year and when Jolie and Pitt resumed filming in September, they were said to have taken adjoining hotel rooms. According to Rolling Stone, paparazzi were absolutely swarming the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith in LA during the month of September to try and catch them out. By November, things were really souring between Brad and Jen. We were rarely seeing them together. Tabloid rumours had hit fever pitch. I'm just thinking about the timing of all of this and how Angelina was asked point blank in an interview if something was going on. And I actually cannot imagine that happening today. Mm. And I think that must be because magazines had so much more power over celebrities than perhaps they do now. I feel like this year in 2021, as we said at the top of the episode, stars don't need big interview covers as much as they once did for publicity. Back then, things felt very different. Yeah, well, their careers to some extent lived and died by the tabloids, by the magazines. The interesting thing about the media at that time as well is that, yes, that interview was done in July. It wasn't published until November. Yeah. So that quote where she was asked point blank came out when everything was becoming a clusterfuck dumpster fire for Brad and Jen. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. So they weren't seen together much at all in the last few months of 2004. And on January 7, 2005, after five years of marriage, Brad and Jen announced they were separating. Now, I just find this little week where they announced their separation one of the most interesting parts about this story, because even though these rumours had been circulating for months, a week before this statement was released, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston went on a week-long vacation with Courtney Cox and her family. Mm. There were these incredibly iconic paparazzi photos of Brad and Jen walking down the beach, kissing, and then within days was the announcement of the split. What is going on here, right? This is where I'm confused. Because in December, we had images of Jen not wearing her wedding ring. We had reports of Brad cancelling publicity tours for Ocean's 12, another movie he was starring in, because he was supposedly splitting up with his wife. What then compels these two who have been papped out without their wedding rings to go, okay, 
We're about to announce our divorce, but first let's walk down a beach and be photographed holding hands. Like what is going through the minds of these PR teams or these celebrities to think this is a logical thing to do? I've never seen anything like it and I'm not sure we ever will, but I'm kind of thinking it's a bit sweet. Is that the weirdest way to look at it? Because I think, is this like the goodbye tour? Yeah. Well, I'm like, is this like when you sleep with your ex for one last time and you're like, oh, well, for old time's sake, we'll walk down the beach But they and were kiss? holidaying together with their friends as well. Was it a last ditch attempt to save the relationship? And if so, how do they then release a divorce statement the next week? Like that's a pretty quick switch to think we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're going to make it work, make it work, make it work. Actually, no, announce to the world that we're divorcing. Nah, I think they knew. I don't think you're going away with friends as a last ditch way to make it work or to try and work out if you can fix the marriage. Yeah. I honestly think it must have been a goodbye to her and maybe they wanted the world to think that they were still really happy to be around each other, that it wasn't toxic, that it wasn't really complicated. They just didn't want to be together anymore. Their statement to the media was this. We would like to announce that after seven years together, we have decided to formally separate. For those who follow these sorts of things, we would like to explain that our separation is not the result of any speculation reported in the tabloid media. Mm. This decision (laughs) is the result of much thoughtful consideration. We happily remain committed and caring friends with great love and admiration for each other. We ask in advance for your kindness and sensitivity in the coming months. I mean, that statement does really match up with the image they wanted to put out a few days before. What it doesn't match up with is the image that we saw over the coming months and years. But Zara, before we get there, we need to hear a word from today's sponsor. All right, before that break, we teased it out. Yes, the divorce announcement was sweet and kind and saccharine. The divorce fallout was not that, Zara McDonald. Yeah, exactly. So even though Brad and Jen tried to preemptively squash any speculation that their split could be to do with Angelina Jolie, the press just did not let up. And to be honest, of course, (laughs) like we had those photos from the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We had the split announced just a couple of months later. It was like that classic where there's smoke, there's fire. We simply had too much to go off. So some of the headlines that were published in the weeks after that divorce announcement included this one from Us Weekly, Why Brad Said Goodbye. Jen and Brad's baby anguish, trouble over Angelina, how they'll split their fortune, their final kiss, the sad photo. This was also from Us Weekly a week later. Did Brad cheat? How new details on what really happened with Angelina and how it broke Jen's heart. Yeah, so this was the narrative they were definitely trying to push. Jen officially filed for divorce against Brad in March, citing irreconcilable differences like every person under the sun in the US. (laughs) And suddenly around this time, it began to look like all the rumours about Brangelina were true because Mm. in April, just a month after Jen files for divorce, photos emerged of Brad playing on the beach in Kenya with Angelina and her son Maddox. These images and this holiday are burnt into my retinas. Like this was such an interesting decision that one month, not even 60 days, one month after you've officially filed for divorce and it's been a global spectacle, you decide to be photographed out in the open with the woman you've been rumoured to be cheating on your wife with. They must have just not expected anyone to find them. Yeah, but then the photos look close ranged. Like, I don't think this was set up. Don't get me wrong. I do not think this was set up. I think paparazzi probably followed them to Kenya and that Brad and Ange didn't know they were being papped. But they were being papped pretty close up. 
up. Like the photos are pretty high res. Yeah, and it, it makes you wonder who was tipping off at this point. Like were they flying commercial? I bloody doubt <laughs> it. So you're not going to have like airline pilots or, you know, hostesses yeah. saying much. Like I genuinely do wonder who was sharing this information. The press took this anyway as confirmation that they were right all along. Headlines included, it's true, the romance is on. Newly single Brad spends a hot weekend with Angelina as Jen tries to cope. That was from Us Weekly in April 2005. And then there was another one from Us Weekly a couple of weeks later that said, Brad and Angelina, secret love trip, 12 pages of new pics that prove the romance is real. Uh, And then we had the W Magazine (laughs) shoot. I wish so badly this wasn't a thing that they did. So we had those stories in April. We had that headline in May. By July, Brad and Angelina were posing for a 60-page photo shoot with W Magazine called, and I wish I was joking, Domestic Bliss, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt at home. It is a fucking bizarre spread. So as you said, 60 pages. This is not just a little like drop in the ocean. (laughs) It featured photos of them like living the American dream together. So they were married with a big house, an army of tiny blonde haired Brads running around. They had all these like child models pretending to be their kids. There are photos of them looking like they're about to have sex, photos of them dancing around the living room, photos of them arguing. Like what? There's even a photo of Angelina pushed back onto the bed with Brad standing over her. His fingers pointed like a gun at her head. Like, it just makes no sense. No sense. And it's even sadder to realise that Brad Pitt was the man who came up with this concept. Like, he was the main creative director on this shoot. He was the one going to W Magazine going, hey, I've got a cool idea for a collaboration. Let's do this shoot. Yeah, it was a collab between him and the photographer. So they obviously put their heads together and thought this was a great thing to do. Even weirder, by this point in July 2005, Brad and Angelina hadn't even confirmed publicly that they were dating. (sighs) Imagine being Jennifer Aniston. And you've had all these rumours for so long that you've never really been able to confirm with your husband. You're not sure if there was an affair. You would choose to believe that there's not one. Yet a few months after you split, your husband's doing a 60-page photo shoot in a major magazine with the woman that you were always concerned about. Yeah, it would not be fun. It's also at this time, our listeners might remember, that these T-shirts were made. Hollywood boutique Kitson made these T-shirts that said Team Aniston or Team Jolie. Paris Hilton and her sister Nikki were actually papped wearing the photos. Paris was Team Jolie, Nikki was Team Aniston. Wow. Kitson later told Vanity Fair that public sentiment was in favour of Jen. Team Aniston shirts did outsell Team Jolie shirts by a margin of 25 to 1. I've got to say I do hate this thread throughout the story though that it's Team Jolie or Team Aniston. What about Team Brad Pitt is a dick. Yeah, genuinely. Because the thing about this is this was very much the birth of this angel versus devil a yeah, little bit. Yeah, saint like, and sinner. Absolutely. And they were really pitted against each other as two very different types of women who have found themselves in this three-way love triangle. Mm. In September, Jen finally broke her silence with her first interview since the split. It was, of course, with Vanity Fair. I can't wait to post this cover on our Instagram page because it's the most post-breakup photo ever. <laughs> Jen is looking fresh. Like, she's looking fresh and renewed. She, glowy. So goddessy. glowy. She's 
just in a white unbuttoned blouse and nothing else. And it's like this very natural sort of photo, even yeah. though it's probably not natural at all in yeah. terms of the kinds of things they put together in order to get a photo like this. Absolutely not. She does look like she just woke up, but we know that's not the case. The photo was sexy and happy. The headline was the opposite. Jen finally talks and talks and talks and cries and talks. I wonder how she'd feel about that. Yeah. You can understand why the journalist or the magazine went with that headline because you do know as soon as you open the article and you read it that Jen opened the door, saw the reporter and burst into tears very shortly after. Yes. And I think there'd be some conscious decision here to either let your emotions be natural through the interview or not let them. And I think she obviously made a decision to let her tears run when the interviewer was there. So therefore is probably not surprised that this is the angle they're going to sell it on. Throughout the interview, she seemed pretty diplomatic. One of her quotes was, I still feel so lucky to have experienced it. I wouldn't know what I know now if I hadn't been married to Brad. She went on, I love Brad. I really love him. I will love him for the rest of my life. He is a fantastic man. I don't regret any of it and I'm not going to beat myself up about it. We spent seven very intense years together. We taught each other a lot about healing and about fun. We helped each other through a lot and I really value that. It was a beautiful, complicated relationship. The sad thing for me is the way it's been reduced to a Hollywood cliche or maybe it's just a human cliche. I have a lot of compassion for everyone going through this. Yeah. When she was asked about that 60-page W Magazine photo shoot, that is when Jen's mood turned a little bit and maybe she wasn't so glowing about Brad. To that photo shoot, she said, I can imagine Brad having absolutely no clue why people would be so appalled by it. Brad is not mean-spirited. He would never intentionally try to rub something in my face. In hindsight, I can see him going, oh, I can see that was inconsiderate. But I know Brad. Brad would say, that's art. She rolls her eyes, pretending to screw something into her forehead. There's a sensitivity chip that's missing. The image that she paints of Brad in this, like, iconic quote, there's a sensitivity chip that's missing, is really, I don't know, relatable in some way. Like this kind of hot artsy guy who has very little emotional intelligence, thinks that creativity is the most important thing above all and doesn't consider other people's feelings in the process of creating quote unquote art. Yeah, hot artsy guy who navel gazes his whole life and can't have a bird's eye view or any amount of perspective on any issue ever. And we know that of Brad Pitt. I don't like being super mean to Brad Pitt, but fuck it. He is the villain in this story in my (laughs) eyes. And I think we should touch on one of the other times that Brad Pitt came across as not the most socially aware human being on the planet. Yeah, so this was an absolutely hilarious quote that Brad Pitt told the media back at the height of his fame, according to The Guardian. The three terrible karmas of beauty, wealth and fame. They're things that stop you from finding true happiness. Oh, the poor, beautiful, wealthy, famous guy. Life is so, so hard. It's like you only want two of them, right, for true (laughs) happiness. Beauty, wealth and fame. God, what a tough life. (laughs) Anyway, asked whether she thought Brad had cheated on her during the relationship, Jennifer Aniston told Vanity Fair she would choose to believe her husband. Yeah, she did add, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised by anything, but I would much rather choose to believe him. 
Friends, though, in this same piece actually told Vanity Fair that Brad checked out of the marriage as soon as he started working with Angelina Jolie. Like, apparently he didn't even show up for the final taping for Friends, though apparently, according to Brad's camp, it was because he was working that day. Mm. This, to me, feels like a pretty standard way for a celebrity to go about a profile piece, which is to say they say all the diplomatic quotes that they're meant to say and put their face to the diplomatic quotes and then consent to having friends anonymously tell the truth to that same journalist. So it's like, you tell the truth, but I don't have to have my name next to it. Yeah. And on top of that, I look like an angel. You give all the stuff. Everyone can know the facts, know the shit I've been through. And yet I come across looking like the bigger person, no matter what. That is the ideal way to come across in a Vanity Fair piece. Yeah, absolutely. And power to her for doing it. Like I, it's exactly how I would play it. And it's the smartest way to play it. She said she was also pretty taken aback by those photos of Brad and Angelina vacationing just three months after they announced their split. She said the world was shocked and I was shocked. She was also asked about the rumour in this piece that Angelina Jolie was pregnant with Brad Pitt's child. Rumours were rife about this for months. We know now that she was. It was either very, very freshly pregnant or about to fall pregnant in the coming weeks because she did give birth to Brad Pitt's child in the middle of the next year. It's also worth adding this Vanity Fair piece, as brilliant and iconic as it is, did go away to painting Angelina Jolie as an opportunist when it came to her work with the UN or her work that is charitable and philanthropic. They kind of said that she was on a public relations bonanza by adopting a child, and I'm not entirely sure how fair that is. Yes, Angelina Jolie is very vocal about the work she does around the world, But would you really adopt a human being as a PR bonanza? I don't think you would. And I don't think that's fair to someone. And it's kind of painting Angelina Jolie as the villain instead of Brad Pitt. Yeah, this article, probably the way that it fell down for me was the way that they wanted to put Jen as the angel and Ange as the devil. That quote was... Jolly posed for pictures as a goodwill ambassador for the UN and then trumped even that public relations bonanza by adopting another orphan, an African girl whose parents had died of AIDS. In the blink of an eye, the twice-divorced Jolly, previously known as a tattooed vixen with a taste for bisexuality, heroin, mental institutions and wearing her husband's blood, had morphed into a globe-trotting humanitarian who seemed to be channeling Audrey Hepburn. Yikes. Harsh, right? Yeah, I mean, particularly tattooed vixen with a taste for bisexuality and heroin. It's just very, very hard to stomach. That said, it's understandable to some degree that people are angry if cheating has occurred. I think when we hear stories about affairs in the public domain, some people take that very personally, particularly if they have been the victim of a terrible cheating scenario, right? Like lots of women saw themselves in Jen's shoes and those women at this time in history in particular took aim at the other woman. Like the rhetoric of the other woman, the man stealer, was so prominent. I mean, it still is, isn't it? I don't think we've really come much of a way in that sense. I mean, I'm trying to think of any love triangle storylines we've seen lately. I'm not sure that we would go so hard for a woman in 2021 that we did in 2004 and 2005. I mean, 
example I think of was Dominic West, the actor, when he was found cheating with his co-star Lily James. And Lily James was demonised by Mm. the media and also painted as a bit of a seductress too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Do I think we went for Lily James and kind of attacked her with pitchforks in the same way people did to Angelina Jolie? No. Is that by design of Lily James not being as much of a star? Perhaps I choose to believe we're moving in the right direction. I mean, whatever helps you. <laughs> so by 2006, Angelina Jolie gives this tell-all interview with Vogue magazine where they finally perhaps confirm that, yes, maybe their relationship started on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith as if we're all idiots and didn't know it the whole time. Her quote to Vogue was, Because of the film, we ended up being brought together to do all these crazy things and I think we found this strange friendship and partnership that kind of just suddenly happened. I think a few months in I realised, God, I can't wait to get to work. She continued, It took until really the end of the shoot for us, I think, to realise that it might mean something more than we'd earlier allowed ourselves to believe. And both knowing that the reality of that was a big thing, something that was going to take a lot of serious consideration. But then she countered that by trying to make it clear that she never had any intention of breaking up Brad's marriage with Jen and said that it was clear, and I quote, he was with his best friend, someone he loves and respects. What do you think? Do you buy it? Do you think there was an affair here? Do you think there was cheating going on? Absolutely. Sexual or just emotional? Because I think absolutely emotional affair. Do I think they were having sex when he was supposed to be monogamous with Jen Aniston? I'm not entirely Uh, sure. You are? Yeah, 100%. Right. Okay. She did continue. We spent a lot of time contemplating and thinking and talking about what we wanted in life and realized that we wanted very, very similar things. And then life developed in a way where we could be together, where it felt like something we would do, we should do. Interesting wording. It turns out these quotes in particular really caught Jennifer Aniston off guard too. She told Vogue a year later in 2007 that, and I quote, There was stuff printed in Angie's Vogue interview that was definitely from a time when I was unaware that it was happening. I felt those details were a little inappropriate to discuss. And then the journalist wrote, Aniston shakes her head in disbelief. That stuff about how she couldn't wait to get to work every day, that was really uncool. And if that wasn't proof enough, we then had Angelina Jolie talking to the New York Times in 2008 saying that she couldn't wait for the day to play the Mr. and Mrs. Smith film out to her children because, and I quote, not a lot of people get to see a movie where their parents fell in love. A lot of this is hard to reckon with because I don't think Angelina Jolie on any level should be the bad guy in this story. Yet, I do think while she's amazing from my research on a macro level with humans, like what she does for humanity is incredible and she's absolutely dedicated herself to being a good human en masse. I'm not sure in an interpersonal relationship sense, Angelina Jolie is very sensitive either. Like I feel like when it's woman to woman, Angelina Jolie also has a sensitivity chip missing. Yeah, well, her decisions that she made over these few years and the story she chose to tell do paint a picture of a woman who, like Brad, it just seems very much like they're quite suited to each other. Yeah. That sensitivity chip, you're absolutely right. So very soon after Brad and Ange get together, we know that they decided to make a family together. Brad almost immediately legally adopted Angelina's two children, Maddox and Zahara. And then after he announced his intention to 
adopt her children. Angelina actually filed a petition to legally change their surname from Jolie to Jolie Pitt, which was granted in January 2006. So this is only a year, remember, after Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt announced their separation. Yeah, a year after he has two children and a third one is on the way, in May they welcome their baby Shiloh. So he's gone from being Jen's husband to being Angelina's partner and father of three in the space of not even 18 months. To think about the whiplash is insane. Yeah, and I think for even added context, Brad and Jen only finalised their divorce in October 2005, which was at a point mathematically that Angelina Jolie was clearly already pregnant. They sold their first pictures of Shiloh through the distributor Getty Images with the aim of benefiting charity. So People magazine and Hello magazine purchased the North American and British rights to the images respectively for $4.1 and $3.5 million, which was a record in celebrity photojournalism at the time. Yeah, we should say those sums of money were donated to charity. And I think this was a big move from Brad and Angelina towards their new public image, which was all about philanthropy. So yes, huge amounts, but all donated. In March 2007, Brangelina then adopted their son, Pat. In July 2008, they had biological twins, son Knox Leon and a daughter Vivian Marshallin. So in three and a half years, in the three and a half years after Brad and Jen announced their split, Brad Pitt has six children. I just like... My math's right. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's right. Six, six kids chil- in three years. It's so many. (laughs) It's just so many children. At least with those children, they're doing a bit of good. When they welcomed those twins, they sold the photos of those babies again. I know there's going to be conversation, should you ever sell a photo of a child to a magazine? They sold theirs to people. To their credit, they made $14 million in the process. Every cent of that money went to the Jolie Pitt Foundation towards eradicating extreme rural poverty. Importantly, I think as part of this deal, they also wanted a really hefty slice of journalistic input and a promise from the magazine who won the auction that coverage would be positive, not merely in that instance, but into the future, which is just insane. Yeah. So it's saying give us 14 mil, but also secure us positive press from your publication basically until the end of time. Like you have to glow about us when you write about us if you want these photos. I can't believe they paid this and agreed. $14 million for a photo of a baby. Like it's absolutely wild. Two babies, I think you'll find. $7 million (laughs) each. What's that to anyone? But this does bring us to a really important discussion as well when we're talking about Angelina Jolie in particular. She is a master of PR. Like she blows other celebrities out of the water when it comes to how she handles publicity and public relations. I had no idea about this until we sat down and did all this research. She basically doesn't have a publicist or a PR manager, which is just unheard of. She calls most of the shots herself with the help of a couple of lawyers. She does have a manager to help her too. And Brooke Barnes, a journalist, wrote for the New York Times. While all celebrities seek to manipulate their public image to one degree or another, Miss Jolie accomplishes it with a determination, a self-reliance and a degree of success that is particularly notable. The actress does not employ a publicist or an agent. The keys to her public image belong to her alone, although she does rely on her long-term manager as a conduit. The former editor of Us Weekly and Star Magazine spoke to the New York Times for this piece, Bonnie Fuller, and she agreed. She said, Angelina is scary smart, but smart only takes 
takes you so far. She also has an amazing knack, perhaps more than any other star, for knowing how to shape a public image. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You would think that if you are embroiled in a love triangle affair that resulted in the divorce of Hollywood's most golden couple, that you would be vilified, you would be hated in the public eye. Most women who find themselves embroiled in this kind of scandal would have ended up with a pretty trashed public image. Not Angelina. Angelina's Q score, which is a measurement for basically how much a celebrity is recognised by the public, but also how well liked they are. Her Q score remained stable throughout the entire scandal and then rose in the years afterwards to make her one of the most well-loved celebrities around the world. Yeah, in 2006, a global industry survey by AC Nielsen in 42 international markets found that Angelina and Brad were found to be the favourite celebrity endorser for brands and products worldwide. That's only a year after the split. I mean, weirdly, the weirdest thing about this story for me is that this saga, however terrible it was for these people at an emotional level, was incredible, I think, for all of their public brand. I yes. mean, I think maybe Brad Pitt just stayed the same. He didn't fluctuate in any way. But the world fell in love with Jennifer Aniston even more. And the world also fell in love with Angelina Jolie even more. It was almost a victimless crime. Of course, Jennifer Aniston went through some personal and emotional turmoil. But everyone benefited in a career sense from this era. Now, look, this has been a long episode already. We need to talk about what happened to Jen after she left Brad. Exactly. So Jen and her mum, Nancy, actually reconnected in the wake of her divorce from Brad Pitt. So you'll remember when Jen and Brad actually got married, not only was Nancy not there, but that she'd never actually met Brad Pitt. Speaking to Good Morning America, she said, yeah, it's been really nice. It's been really nice. It's crazy. Your life kind of being turned upside down will lead you to, well, for us, it was the time and it was going to happen when it was supposed to happen. So this is good. It's baby steps. Yeah. So Jen's talking to her mum again. And by the year 2000, 2008, she is connected to renowned musician bad boy John Mayer. I mean, I'm not a huge Brad Pitt fan, but to go from Brad Pitt to John Mayer is a step in the wrong direction. (laughs) I would agree with that. We actually didn't hear Jen or Brad speak on each other much at all in the early 2010s, apart from this quote from Brad to Parade magazine that landed him in hot water in (laughs) September 2011. It became very clear to me that I was intent on trying to find a movie about an interesting life, but I wasn't living an interesting life myself. I think that my marriage to Aniston had something to do with it, trying to pretend the marriage was something that it wasn't. This quote angered Jen Aniston fans so much because understandably they interpreted that quote from Brad Pitt as basically saying that Jen Aniston wasn't interesting enough for his very interesting life. So he did actually have to issue a follow-up statement to that quote and clarify. Brad said, it grieves me that this was interpreted this way. Jen is an incredibly giving, loving and hilarious woman who remains my friend. It is an important relationship I value greatly. The point I was trying to make is not that Jen was dull, but that I was becoming dull to myself and that I am responsible for. I mean, sure, sure. (laughs) In that same year, 2011, Jen was connected to actor Justin Theroux, who she did stay with for six years. They got engaged in 2012. They married in 2015 and split in 2017. Yeah. Jen and Brad, though, have not just gone away. If anything, this has been rekindled or reconnected on some level over the last couple of years in particular, and people have gone crazy for it. In February 2019, 
and according to People magazine, Jen Aniston threw a pretty lavish party for her 50th birthday with her closest friends and Brad was in attendance. Yeah, later that year in December, Jen hosted reportedly an intimate holiday party for close friends, which is the most celebrity thing I've ever heard, a holiday party, including Brad Pitt. A source told People they have been in touch a few times since her birthday and are keeping it friendly. Friendly was confirmed when we then saw photos of Brad and Jen together at the SAG Awards. Now, Jen won an award at the SAG Awards. We saw photos of Brad Pitt, videos, in fact, watching Jen from backstage, looking glowingly up at the screen and almost looking like he was watching the love of his life receive her. Oh, my God. Yeah, as soon as I said that, I paused Uh, to be like, I need to reword that because that is so (laughs) over the top. Look, How's the hyperbole from you? He looked, I mean, if you watch the video, you will back me up here. I back myself. He looked proud. He looked like he was proud of someone who means a lot to him. And I think that's fair because clearly they do mean a lot to each other. In September 2020, there was that very famous sort of screenshot of them on Zoom doing a charity table read Mm. together and they looked just as good as they always have. Yeah, funny as well because in the charity table read they had to play out a pretty steamy scene where they were lovers and it was pretty funny because Jen had to read out the line, I think you're so sexy, will you come to me? And Brad had to like blush in response. (laughs) I mean, I think this brings us to the classic question which we've even asked ourselves on Shameless before, which is, do we even want them to be back together? Mm. And I think I still don't really know. My head says no, that she's had a great life without him, that she is like this incredibly powerful, empowered woman who is doing incredible work even now and that she doesn't need to rekindle this old flame. But then part of me is like, it'd be kind of interesting. It'd be interesting. I think most people listening to this want Brad to want Jen without Jen wanting Brad. Nice one. I think that's exactly (laughs) it. I mean, we've spoken a lot about Jen and Brad, but what about Brad and Angelina? Yeah, what about Brad and Angelina? I'm sure it's no news to any of you listening that Brad and Angelina are no more. The downfall of Brangelina is perhaps one of the most intense, confusing and calamitous celebrity divorces of recent memory. But you're all looking at the time of this episode. You know that is not coming today. Zara, when is that coming? It's actually coming next week when we're meant to be on holiday. (laughs) We were meant to be on a full break for three weeks, but we thought we couldn't leave you guys on this hook. So we will drop another episode, a part three that we're actually never intending to drop next Monday to talk about the demise of Brad and Angelina. And that is a scandal completely of its own kind. Yeah, what went wrong and how things went from bad to worse when Brangelina called it quits. Tune in next week to hear that one. For now, Zara, I have loved revisiting this story with you. I have loved looking over the old nostalgic photos of Brad and Jen and Ange at this time. They, as always, will be on our Instagram page at Shameless Podcast. Weigh in on this story. What do you guys think? Do you think it was a sexual affair? Do you side with Zara? Do you side with me? Side with me. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Jump into the conversation. We can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yeah, as always, if you do want to support the show, click that big green follow follow button on Spotify or that purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. This episode was researched by Justine Landers-Hanley with help from you and I, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. <laughs> As Nish said, we'll be on Instagram at Shameless Podcast and we will be back in your ears on Thursday for another pop cultural wrap and then Monday again for part three. Bye. Bye. Hold up. 
Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.